It is Friday, August 18th, 2023. Welcome to another edition of Baseball Today. Chris Rose still doing his NFL stuff. So we got our guy at the warehouse putting in some work. Jolly Olive of, formerly of Shea Station. He's filling in again. We love having him here. Producer Dan, along for the ride. I did not forget you today, big guy. Jolly. What's going on? What kind of Mets hat is that? Is that a St. Patrick's Day hat? Ooh. What's going on? Oh, I'm glad you asked. This is my this is my favorite Mets hat. It's my it's my brown and my green Mets hat. A little woodsy action. Got it from my producer, who's also named Jack. Shout out to him. And uh, we're repping it today because we got a little. I like this team going. Trying to feel out the green a little bit because hook line sinkers. That's that's part of the nation that I'm in now. So you know, got to rep them. Right on. Well, again, I appreciate you filling in. This will be your last day of the fill-in. Spot starting. Um, you've done an excellent job. Uh, speaking of the NFL, I went to a Rams Raiders practice yesterday. Mm. And let me tell you this right now. There's nothing that makes you want to go to a gym quicker than going around and standing around a bunch of NFL players. <laughs> These guys are massive. Massive humans strong, young, fast, and I couldn't wait to leave the practice to go to the gym because, man, I felt insignificant when I was standing on that field. I said, I told myself, any one of these guys could just come over there and and beat me to death with his bare hands. Trev, you ever play football? I did. I played three years of Pop Warner growing up, but I loved it. I was an offensive player, little running okay. back, little wide receiver. Um, but man, like these guys, this guy Max Crosby for the Raiders. I know this is a baseball oh, yeah. show. Two X's. Holy sheesh. Dangerous. Okay. I just said that so everyone uh knows I went to the gym yesterday. That's all. <laughs> uh we are going to do a tip of the cap to um now I need his name. I messed this up right now. I was going to do the Chinese Taipei pitcher. Do we have his name? Mm, I don't have his name offhand. But there's another one we can give a tip of the cap to. No, I want to give a tip of the cap to this guy because I was watching this game. I saw everyone tweeting about it. I saw Dallas Braden tweeting about it. I saw Jimmy O'Brien tweeting about it. This dude wears number 17 just like Shohei. Um, he Fan Chen Jun. Fan there Chen he Jun. is. Shout out to Fan Chen Jun. Uh, was just throwing absolute missiles up there. Throwing a fastball around 80 miles an hour, throwing a slider around 70 miles an hour. These kids from Canada were not happy. I think this kid right here, um, who just, you just saw swinging and missing at that strike three, uh, there was a lot of knees buckling mm. from these ca- Canadian kids. It wasn't. It was not fair. Uh, they end up throwing a combined perfect game against them. This dude also hit an absolute bomb. I think it was 100 miles an hour off the bat. So I mean, tip of the cap to this guy. If this is what they got, they're going to steamroll the competition in the Little League World Series. And Trev, you got to remember that they're throwing on a closer mound. So 80 miles per hour on that close mound is more like 103 miles per hour on a normal mound. So you got you got to feel for these Team Canada kids, man. They had no idea what was coming. It's not fair. It's just not I mean, fair. I, you know what? Like, I'm happy for the, the Chinese Taipei pitcher. Uh, great. Isn't that Taiwan? Isn't that what we're... Chinese Taipei so. slash yeah. Taiwan. I, we we made it a rule that we're saying Taiwan on this show. Respect. So I'm saying Taiwan. Respect. Uh, Taiwanese pitcher does his thing. Tip of the cap to you. I want to see him pitch more. I want. You know what? I want to see him go up against like 
one of the Latin teams. See how mm, that goes. Mm, I like that. Yeah. Okay. That's the tip of the cap, people. Let's get into some Major League Baseball. We're going to start off with, um, I don't know, the hottest team in all of the game. The Dodgers, they're on an 11-game win streak. You said you didn't even know that that was happening. <laughs> I, I didn't know it was, it was 11. Happening. I didn't know it was 11. Hand up. Hand up. They've lost one game since the deadline. Two questions, two-parter here. Mm. Uh, uh, in your opinion, what do they do that makes – like every acquisition, especially this year, turn into gold. And then the second part is, are they the team to beat in the NL now ahead of Atlanta? Great questions on both sides. You know, if if I knew the recipe for what the Dodgers did to these acquisitions, I'd probably be working in a front office somewhere. But the thing is, I don't. What I do know is that every single time they take an established big leaguer or someone who's been down on their luck for a couple of years, they spin that guy into gold. It started this year. The biggest one for me has been Jason Hayward. I thought this dude's career was done. And really, he was a fantastic player. I got to watch him a ton when he was with the Atlanta Braves. And they turned him around. He's had an above 800 OPS this entire season. Obviously, the one that's hot in the streets right now is Lance Lynn because he's had four starts with them, and he's been incredible. Seven innings, three earnings, uh, six innings pitch, one earned run, and then 12 straight shutout innings over his last two starts. He also looks like he's smiling again. I think he's happy to be a Cali boy, happy to be in the sun in L.A. I'm happy for Lance there. But, I mean, you can go up and down this list of the guys that the Dodgers have fixed just this season, and you can fill out maybe a third of their roster with that. Ahmed Rosario is another one. Uh, I mean, it's, it's just crazy, man. This has just always been the Dodgers formula. It's a great way to get ahead because you're not spending that much to do it. You're just taking on reclamation projects who are reestablishing themselves. You know, the talent is there and the Dodgers seem to know that better than anybody. But if they're the team to beat, I still put my money on the Atlanta Braves. It still feels like it's their National League to lose right now. Interesting. Yeah. You know, as far as the secret sauce. Um, I mentioned this on uh, Talking Baseball, which I just recorded. I'm going to kick myself because I said Andre Semenez instead of Ahmed Rosario. Oh, Got those two no. middle infielders for Cleveland mixed up. My bad. On. People are going to be in the comments about that for sure. I might have <laughs> BBD go fix that in post. Um <laughs> So I got to spend some time with Brian Dozier um, a couple weekends ago when I was in Minnesota, and he played for the Dodgers. And he's a Mississippi boy, so not a Hollywood dude, not an L.A. guy, but he'll always say the Dodgers are by far the best organization that he ever played with. Wow. Uh, and he played with your Mets. Mm-hmm. Uh, he played with the Nationals. He played with the Twins. And what he'll say is, I'll ask him, well, why? Like, you know, I, I want to know why. I've never played for the Dodgers. Uh, he says it's the communication. And the amount of coaches there who are able to to give you real time and information. He goes, it's not just about the information. It's how they present it to you. Uh, and if you look at some of these guys, like you mentioned coming over, like there are small tweaks to be made all over the place in the big leagues. But can the front office explain it in a way that makes, A, the player want to do it, and then, B, mm. can they show them how to do it or – or really convince them to make that change at the big league level. Cause some of these guys they brought over like a Lance Lynn, like a Jason Hayward, like a JD Martinez. Uh, these are veterans that have had, you know, all sorts of success. Now I know Hayward struggled with the bat, so he's probably welcome to any uh, hitting adjustments, but mm. JD Martinez, you know, he's a guy that's been doing it for a long time. He's back with Rob Skoyak. They have a good rapport. Yep. You figure some things were going to be better at that point, but for like Lance Lynn, Hey, let's make a, 
an adjustment to your your pitches. Let's let's change the grip here and there. I saw um, a clip of David Code talking about this, talking about Lance Lynn and saying, hey, when guys go over all through the clubhouse, it's about sharing the information and making it palatable for the players. And it seems like they're able to do that, you know, with a bunch of different guys. And I think you're right about the clubhouse and it's the LA vibe. You know, you're going to the Dodgers, you know, you're going to be um, in a scenario where you're going to have a chance to win. So that right there, you know, boosts your care level. Because yeah. there is such a thing as a care level. I think all these guys got that boost. I mean, look, Lance Lynn coming from the White Sox to the Dodgers. Talk about your care level going up through the roof. So I think that's a big part of it. As far as the Dodgers catching the Braves, mm. I still think that the Braves have the better overall roster, um, but it's not by that much. It really yeah. isn't, dude. It really isn't, especially the way that Mookie and Freddie have been playing. Um, you know, you got Acuna and Olsen doing their things, and and normally you can just separate those two from any other duo in the big leagues, but you can't do that with the Dodgers. So I yeah. think they match up. I think they're still a little bit behind, but in my mind, we're getting this in the NLCS. Like, this is the matchup for the NLCS, right? I mean, I, I know that we said something similar to this last year and that we ended up getting Phillies Padres and that was a lot of fun, but it just feels like both these teams are better than they were, if that's even possible. And you, you can't really even play the uh, the postseason experience game because, you know, the Braves obviously have won a World Series with pretty much this entire core and all the guys that the Dodgers just got at this deadline are proven you know, playoff competitors, Joe Kelly, Ryan Brazier back in 2018, Kike Hernandez for the Dodgers. Like the list goes up and down that if anything, I might be disappointed if we don't get Dodgers and Braves because it just feels like the best baseball that the National League could possibly put on. And I'm glad you shout out J.D. Martinez too. The dude hit cleanup this year in the All-Star game when in the offseason, he barely had a ton of suitors for even his services in the first place. So just a testament to how good the Dodgers are. I don't know if it's a front office thing, a coaching thing, or just an organization-wide thing, but they have this reputation now. And I think guys are not only excited to go there, but are going to be trying to seek out ways to get to Dodger Blue just to improve themselves. Um. A lot of people on our AMP app in the chat. Come join us on AMP. Download the mm. app and you can come be in the chat. Afterwards, we do the YouTube thing. We do 30 minutes on AMP where you can ask questions. A lot of people in here are saying Braves are better. No question. I don't know if it's no question. No question is strong. I I, I do side with the Braves here, but I don't think it's a, a, a crazy thing for people to believe that the Dodgers would beat them. In Trev, you know what I'm excited for? Who's hitting more bombs in the NLCS? Is it former Brave Freddie Freeman or current Brave Matt Olson? That's, oh, Matt Olson. That's what Freddie's, I don't know. Freddie's not a homer guy. He's I don't know. Guy. He could homer when it matters. You don't know. Okay. <laughs> uh, moving on, question two. Nice little start there with the Dodgers. We're going to another team that's really hot right now and another mm. guy that's really scorching hot. Um, Julio Rodriguez's stat line versus the Royals this week was nuts. Uh, 12 for 21, uh, one homer, but 11 runs driven in. 11 runs in the four-game set. They end up taking three of four from the Royals. Um, is he the sole reason for the Mariners and the streak that they've been on and the reason that they're only a half game out of a wild-card spot right now? Or is there something 
else going on there with the Mariners besides? You know, I, I love how much Mariners talk we've been doing this week because they are hot and they are fun to talk about. And they got a bunch of young stud pitchers. And that's what I think is also a contributing reason to them turning things around. But if we want to play the J-Rod saves the Mariners game, you can go to his monthly splits and see when the OPS ticks up. And that's when the team ticks up. You know, he was an 825 in July. And then in August, a 1.042, he's hitting 377. And he was the reason that they were able to turn around a three out of four set against a pretty bad Royals team. And this easily could have been splitting two and two at Kaufman and saying, okay, why didn't we take full advantage of this? Kind of like last year where they blew that clinching game with that massive lead at Kaufman Stadium, kind of a, a house of horrors for them. But instead, Julio steps up gets a big hit like he's supposed to, like he's paid to, and they can turn around and enter their next series feeling much, much better about how they did uh, on their road trip. So with the Mariners, they're going into a big series with the Astros. The road trip's not over yet. You were telling me some of the probables there. They're really exciting. And this, I think, is is the test to see if this team is going to be for real because you've been hot for four, five, six weeks now. Now you get a shot at punching upward in your division. You got a real shot to make up some serious ground, not only in the division, but the wild card too. Uh, let's see what the Mariners can do this weekend. I agree that Julio is probably the biggest part of, of why they've gone. And he was part of the reason they struggled early on in the season when he wasn't slugging, when he wasn't exactly doing things great offensively, you know, they weren't going, they relied on Kelnick early on in the year. Mm. He gets hurt. He kicks a cooler. That was tough. Uh, now JP Crawford is out who had been one of their better hitters. So yeah, Julio stepping up at exactly the right time is what this team needed. But it's been, to me, it's, it's about the pitching. Uh, on in the starting pitching and the bullpen that's kind of kept them steady all year jolly like they've been around competing all year long it's just now they've gone on this streak where it's gotten back into playoff contention that we're really getting excited about these mariners but you know for a long time mariners fans wanted me to call them dead it just to me it just didn't ever seem like they were right they were never playing really bad baseball you know, a couple of things here and there, here and there could change. Um, it just seems to me like they were a click off from from going on these runs, or maybe even the right schedule from going off and going on these runs. Um, they have a very favorable schedule going forward, as you mentioned. Uh, they have the Astros coming up, which I think we'll talk about in the next mm-hmm. question. Um, I, 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 I'd be pissed if they're not in the playoffs. At oh, this I point, I, I, I want them in. Uh, but somebody, some team is going to be disappointed. I really, really hope it's not them because I think they are actually set up to make a real run in the postseason. So I, I, I would be very disappointed if they did not make it. Trev, you want a quick little stat here that I literally just drew up as you were talking? Mm-hmm. That You know why you, you didn't call the Mariners dead? It's because they've been keeping their head afloat all season long. They've had a 500 record. 20 different times this season going from one and one to 50 yeah. and 50 they've just been hanging around that meter that edge the entire time and that's what you need to do if you're a team that you know has the talent to make the push just keep your head afloat and when you finally click and get hot that's when you can really start to go and august man a lot of w's but a lot of big series coming up if they can come away after this houston series with two out of three they got white Sox, royals again Oakland A's and then Mets for 12 games. And you could really, really start to see the Mariners pull away and establish themselves in one of these playoff spots. 
Love it. Middling, middling until you're not, till you get hot. That's what the mm-hmm. Mariners have done. And this episode is brought to you by Sports Card Investor. Uh, welcome to the world of sports cards. Reimagine whether you're a brand new collector like C. Rose or a seasoned vet like me, who's got a bunch of cards kind of sitting away in my closet. I'm holding them to see what's going to go on. Uh, the Sports Card Investor app will completely change the way you buy, sell, and collect. Uh, a few of the things that I like that they do, you can easily track the value of your favorite cards. Uh, you can find the best prices with eBay deals and see which players are like on the rise or on the fall. Who can you get for a good deal? Who do you need to get rid of right now? You can do that all from the palm of your hand. Uh, they have up-to-date sales data on over 2 million cards. Uh, so you'll always know exactly what your collection is worth and when to buy or sell. I love that about them. Uh, the app is available for free in Google Play and the App Store. Reimagine how you collect and download the Sports Card Investor app today. How much is my Evan Longoria one of one signed Bowman Chrome rookie card worth? Sports Card Investor will let you know. Go download the app and we'll talk about it next time. Thank you, Sports Card Investor. Uh, speaking of hot, we got some hot series. Um, coming up this weekend. So I like I like to do these questions because it invites a lot of good ball talk. Uh, Seattle at Houston, San Francisco at Atlanta, Milwaukee at Texas, Boston at New York, Yankees. Mm. Four of those series, you got Chris Rose's first uh, class plane ticket. <laughs> Where are we dropping for the series this weekend, y'all? You know, my answer, my, it might shock you a little bit, Trev. Okay. It might just a little bit. But I, I, I got my eye on Giants and Braves because okay. the Giants for me, you're Gabe Kapler's Giants, as you like to identify them, uh, they're in a playoff spot right now. They're comfortable in the wild card race. But I, I feel like they haven't taken over my baseball spotlight uh, for any real period of time this season. And they haven't played a, a lot of great ball this month either. They opened it by sweeping the Diamondbacks. But since then, it's been a lot of losses. You know, they, they lost a series to the Angels, lost a series to the Rangers, now to the Rays. And I'm not going to say that they're skidding because they still have a cushion here. But we talked a lot yesterday about how many different National League teams are kind of in the mix right now and could make a push like the Cubs, like the Reds, like the Diamondbacks, who've been playing much better recently. I'm sure the Giants kind of feel that on their back a little bit. And I think they're catching the Braves at, you know, there's no great time to catch the Braves, but if you were to catch them, now is a pretty good time. They're kind of in the midst of their, you know, least best performing month, if you can call it that. The pitching's been a little bit better lately, and they're still winning games, obviously. But if the Giants can go into Truist and try and take two out of three with two of their best pitchers on the mound and Alex Cobb and Logan Webb, uh, I'm going to find that really impressive because they have a tough stretch coming up after that. They're going to need as many serious wins as they can get because they go Braves, Phillies, Braves, Reds, and then Padres. So through the end of August, the Gabe Kapler's team kind of has it tough, and I'm looking for them to kind of prove themselves this weekend. I mention this every time we talk about the Giants. Just what they're what they've had to go through with their starting pitchers is nuts. Now, yes, they get to throw their two guys against the Braves um, in this series, so that helps them a lot. They just had to go through a series where. Jacob Junis and Sean Maniah were piggybacking each other. Right. Like it's been an interesting couple months here uh, with the pitching staff. I, I like that series a lot. I like both those teams. It does seem like it could end up being a playoff matchup. Yes. As of right now, San Francisco would be Ooh. playing against Philly 
for the chance to play Atlanta. That's how it's very uh, interesting written up right now. So we oh wow, so we might get an Atlanta Philly rematch from last year's NLDS. That's very interesting to me as well. We could. I, I'm going to go. I'm going to stay in Seattle, and I'm going to go with Seattle at Houston. Like uh, the, I want. I, I just think like Houston in Houston is like a litmus test for your team. Like how well are you playing? Some of the pitching matchups are really good. Uh, Bryce Miller and JP France. Uh, so a couple of young guys going oh, in that yeah. first game, and then it's Logan Gilbert versus Framber Valdez, which you gotta love watching that. And then another two young guys going in the third game. It's Emerson Hancock and Hunter Brown. Uh, although I believe I think he I think Hunter Brown is going to skip this start. Oh. Uh, this this is matched up, or this is a matchup they have listed on Baseball Reference. But if I remember correctly, he pitched in relief. Uh, this last series, so he could skip his next start to kind of manage his innings load. Um, so that could be wrong. Uh, but again, I just think like for the Mariners, uh, can Julio stay hot um, mm. against the Astros? Uh, can the pitching staff go in and shut this team down? Because I, I do believe they're one of those teams where it's like, okay, we're playing good ball, but how how good are we really playing? Because now we got to go into Houston. Now we got to face these guys. I don't really care about so someone said Hunter Brown already skipped his his start. So maybe they skipped the start. He threw the two innings to skip the start. He'll will be back this one. That makes sense to me, uh, which makes it even more intriguing. Um, I don't really care about the division here because I think, you know, this is more about the wild card for the Mariners. Uh, if they want to keep pace, I mean, like they got to get one. Getting two here would be massive. I think if they got two, they might find themselves in the wild card spot at the end of this series. Uh, and the Astros, you know, like they're playing good ball. They're getting a lot of people healthy. Kyle Tucker's doing his thing. Kyle Tucker's so good, man. He's so freaking good, man. He is it's so stupid. freaking good. Um, I just think aesthetically pleasing and good baseball is to be played. There's some superstars uh, in this series. So I like Julio going off, going into this series. I want to see if he can continue it. That's probably my main reason why I picked this this series. No, I love the pick, and I I almost went there too, uh, honestly. Um, but with the Mariners, man, it's it's what we talked about: the young pitching, and they're going to take the spotlight in this series. All three games, uh, they're not going to have Castillo or Kirby, which is their de facto one-two. So can Hancock, Gilbert, and others step up and really go toe to toe? Because you know you got three great Astros pitchers uh, in Brown, France, and uh, Framber Valdez. Uh, one last thing I want to say about the Brave series that I mentioned before: I said that they were playing. Not great ball. They have won six of their last seven, but I believe they're 18 and 14 since the middle of July. So that's probably where I was going with that. But yeah, man, the Braves are just really good. And so are the Astros. You know what teams would do to be going 18 and 14 since? I mean, that's And that's like a bad stretch for them. (laughs) That's crazy, man. That's nuts. Uh, If you continue that pace over the season, you'd be doing pretty well. Um, (laughs) Okay, yeah. I'm happy that uh, Jim Jin in our chat shouted me out on that Hunter Brown uh, air that he already skipped the start. Great. Thank you. That's what the chat's for here. Love that. Also, we need so none of us brought up Red Sox Yankees. That's just how dead this rivalry is right now. It's just out. Jake would call it a mid off. There's no doubt about it. I think, look, I mean, look, if you're the Yankees, wouldn't it be nice to just sweep these guys and kind of take them out of the AL wildcard contention? So you're playing for that. I don't know. Like it's their world Yankees series. Are one, Yankees are one game under 500. They've already put the nail in their coffin. Yankees fans, they're dead. Yeah. Padres are under 500 still. And I'm still like, Hey, they could do it. Baseball. Different worlds, sport. man. Different worlds. Different, different worlds. Okay. 
Uh, I, I think I'm going to go. We have a couple of different questions here for four. I'm going to go a different route here. Okay. Uh, Mike, Mike Lorenzen, he takes the bump for the first time since mm. throwing his no hitter. He threw 124 pitches in that Oof. one. Do you think um, as he goes up here uh, in his next start against the Nationals that he'll have some sort of pitch count or is he just like a stud like that and it's full go 110 pitches again this game? That's a good question, man, because, I mean, you go up and down his game log and his top two pitches per game this season are both of his Philly starts. He went eight innings his first time out and then, of course, through the no-hitters last time out against the Nats. Uh, I, If they are being smart about this, I would put a pitch count on uh, Mr. Lorenzen here just because the Phillies have gotten good starting pitching all year, and I think uh, the, the bullpen maybe can handle it or kind of needs to handle him going five or six or however many innings, but – you're looking at a guy that could be sneaky, like the best acquisition of any team at this year's deadline, just in terms of like what it cost them to get and how it's paid out so far. Because the Phillies already had a dynamite rotation, even without Lorenzen and adding him to that mix has really, really changed my perception of that team going forward into October, especially because Aaron Nola kind of having a down year, like they can't rely on him as much as they used to, but you give me Wheeler, Walker, Suarez, and Lorenzen in a four-game set. Like, I don't know, man. There's a lot of magic there. But I think they have to protect him. So I, I do agree that I think a pitch limit tonight would probably be the best. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, you figure they would have already had that on him. I know the no-hitter kind of changes things, and he is a workhorse. But as you're looking through his stat page, he's only been a starter um, for the last three years. Yeah. Um, In 2020, excuse me, last two years. Uh, 2022 and 2023, there was a his first year back in Cincy. He was a starter as well, but he's been a reliever. So there's 122 and two-thirds innings that he's thrown so far this year. It's the most he's ever thrown in his career. Pretty you crazy. want him to be a viable option in the playoffs. So we always kind of like look at teams and we say, well, are you going to shut this guy down? Is there innings limits that they need to have him? I don't know if they need to have an innings limit necessarily on him, but I would be careful if I'm topper. Uh, uh, when I'm seeing him out on the mound, first sign of duress, I get him out. Hopefully someone gets a hit off him in like the first inning uh, and the Phillies can get a lead and they get him out of here because I do think he has stabilized their rotation and he will be a big part of the playoff picture. But, you know, based on the fact that he's, again, just been a starter the last couple of years, I think you need to be careful with this guy. He's he's not He's not used to going this long and this deep into the season you got to remember he hasn't really been on playoff teams i don't think ever i don't think he's ever had a playoff game okay or 2020 reds maybe but still the the point stays yeah 2020 reds um he threw two and two-thirds extra innings that means so much you know when you're talking about getting back as a starter you know running his his innings limit up to probably he's going to reach 150 to 160 probably by the end of the year plus probably. hopefully a whole another month of pitching so they do need to be smart here um although I'll keep referencing he's a horse There's I mean a that's reason the reason he lifts all say. those weights man like have like this dude was a two-way player i mean you want to talk about they need help in left field but go put michael lorenzen out there that dude can play that position uh, he's going to be hungry, man. He's going to want the ball. He wanted the ball at the end of the no-hitter. I get it. But um, they might have something really, really valuable here in what has been an absolute breakout career year for this dude. A dude who, like, myself included, a lot of people kind of scoffed at him being an all-star, and he's totally out there proving that they made the right decision right now. It's really, really cool. It's a great story. Yeah, Fayo makes a good point in our chat. I hate 
innings limits, and now I'm making kind of a case for it. I Are don't you going know. Soft. I, I'm not going soft. I'm not what going soft. I want him to continue to pitch. Uh, but 124 pitches after going 101, which was his only his second time going over 100 pitches. I don't know, man. I don't know what I'm thinking right now. <laughs> I want to protect this guy. Is basically what I'm saying because I want him to pitch into the postseason. Mm, okay, I like that reason. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. I guess I am going soft. Buster only did call me soft. Did he really? Wow. You don't know about that? No, I don't think I do. Oh, we'll talk. If you if you have a little bit of time on AMP, I'll explain the story. Okay. okay. Uh, him calling me soft. Trev, did you see uh did you see the play I sent you on Twitter yesterday? I'm just, I'm just kidding, Buster. Uh I did. It was kind of how soft. I remembered it. It wasn't Kyle Gibson pitching, it was somebody else. I don't even know who it was on the mound, but it's a nice play, right? I mean that's the least soft shit I've ever seen. That was a nice double play. So, you know, keep your head up, right? I appreciate that. Um, last one, we like to do something fun always um, with the last question. Mm. I thought this was really cool. Austin Barnes struggled a lot yeah. this year, throwing behind the plate, hasn't hit a homer. It's had a really tough year. And before the game, sitting with Jerry Harrison Jr., our guy Nomar Garcia Parr, I made a nice little call. Yeah. Nomar, who are you taking tonight? I'm going with Austin Barnes. I know he hasn't had one. Today, Austin Barnes goes deep. He Come. hits one out. You might miss something. High drive down the left field line. Austin Barnes! Austin Barnes! <laughs> the whole set happy for him, especially the guy that <laughs> caught it hours ago. I love it. I always like going to Dodger games because I get to I get to go on the field and talk to Nomar a little bit. Um, they do a really good job in their pre and post out there, but a heck of a call. First homer of the year gets it done, gets the sweep for the Dodgers against mm. Milwaukee. Um, I don't know. I just wanted to give a shout. I think it's pretty cool. Um, I mean, you talk are you about a Nomar it. fan? I am a Nomar fan for sure. A little bit before my time, but still a really special player to watch for sure. Um, you want to talk about heck of a call by Nomar. I want to talk about heck of a call by Joe Davis. That sounded like game one of the world series, the way he was yelling in that mic, but like Austin Barnes, man, he had a negative OPS plus going into that at bat. It's at eight now. So good for our man, but kudos to the Dodgers. They stuck by their guy. He's been there forever. And then he finally gets the first homer of the year. Very nice. Uh, yeah. Shout out Joe Davis. He does do a really good job. Um, Dodgers are a wagon, big Dodgers Mariner show for us today. I like that. Yeah. Uh, again, I appreciate Jolly filling in. Uh, I believe on Monday it'll be the regular crew. Chris Rose back in action. Me, him, and Dan doing the show. But you filled in admirably. But we do, unfortunately for you, you're a young guy. We have you on a innings limit. So uh, we got to put you back down, send you back down, if that's okay with you. Team's got to do what a team's got to do. I'm just here to win. So for <laughs> my guy, Dirty Martini, Jolly Olive, and super producer Dan Rourke, I am Trevor Plouffe saying we will catch you next time Monday for Baseball Today.